books. This is a book that came out in uh, the year 2000. The third book in the series is the longest book in the series in my books. In the novels, I write the book in the first book. Books in the uh, books. Books. The fifth book is about to come out. Two books. And then the books. He does that in the books, too. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of A Song of Babies and Puppies, which is what we're going to call this podcast. Uh, we're the official reread podcast of the books of the George R. R. Martin, specifically A Song of Ice and Fire. I haven't read any of his other books. Um, my name is Janos, and with me is, as always, Rainer. Hello, everyone. We, I, we're hopefully going to be joined by Emmanuel later, but he seems to be still asleep. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. If not, then we're just going to do his theory stuff in another... Um, episode. Yeah, maybe. maybe uh, first this, of all, before we, yeah, maybe this will be a shorter episode if it doesn't join us. But uh, let's let's just see what we uh, can can come up with, the both of us. Let's so, hope for uh, the best. Yeah. So uh, uh, should we start with uh, George news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with a segment that I like to call "Keeping Up with George." Where we're looking at what George has been up to recently. Let's um, see if he has announced the release date for the Winds of Winter, and it doesn't look like it. It unfortunately doesn't look like it. Um, I checked the internet, I googled it, um, I checked his Twitter. There doesn't seem to be an announcement. Um, on the other hand, some sites are claiming that uh, it not only hasn't been has not been announced. It has been delayed, mm. uh, and it's interesting because their source for this is literally nothing. It just seems to be a made-up lie. Well, it's it's. Uh, uh, but several sites are reporting on this, and this is based on the same interview we talked about yeah. last week, uh, except yeah. they chose to interpret it differently. Well, they they deduced uh, it from the facts they had. It's not interpreting just. They are very clever in reading between the lines of what George says. That's the same thing we do when we read his books, right? You have to interpret and and uh, yeah, read between the lines to come get to the true meaning. That's true. We're basically they're basically the same. Yeah. Uh, here's one website from Inverse.com. They say Winds of Winter could be delayed again due to reworking the ending. GRRM hints. Uh, it's no secret that Game of Thrones season 8 ending didn't delight fans or critics. However, those who hated watching Daenerys Targaryen's destruction of King's Landing or Bran Stark becoming Kings of Westeros may have more reason to look forward to the long-awaited novel. Uh, because George R. R. Martin recently hinted at an alternate ending for the books. Hmm. Uh, Martin yeah. said the ending was not completely faithful to what he envisioned for the books. It's also possible the poorly received final season of the HBO show made him change his mind mm-hmm. about the conclusion. Yeah, and then they cite this one line uh, from uh, the article we read last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, people know the ending, not the ending. Okay. <laughs> Didn't I make a, a joke last week about how you used to show us a test run for the <laughs> ending and now it's changing it? Maybe they listen to our podcast. I think we're just too poisoned on uh, yeah. internet clickbait things that we're we're just basically making yeah, the same things, uh, same assumptions just, that these headlines are gonna come up with anyway. But that's just absolutely nothing. 
it's absolutely nothing. nothing. Uh, they and they, to be fair, they say it's not exactly confirmation, but Martin's comment subtly suggests the backlash uh, may have prompted mm. him to reconsider the direction of certain storylines. Yeah. Well, so you know, it's it's not impossible, right? It's absolutely impossible it's that he actually used yeah. the show as a test run. Yeah. <laughs> for his ending. Yeah. There's. I wouldn't count on You know, here's the thing. Like, not to get too uh, serious on this um, jokey news segment, but the the ending of the show didn't use any of the build-up George has already used for Bran. Mm. Bran was is already a completely different character at the point the books are right now. We have no idea what's going to happen to him in the last two books. So it can be anything. We also don't know if the King Bran thing is actually legit mm. from George. Uh, they may tell us that. Like I think mm. the actor who played Bran said in an interview that he was surprised, but at the end they said they said, "Oh, it comes from George." But like. These fucking clowns could be <laughs> saying anything. So yeah, and, I mean, King could mean a lot of things, right? Yeah. Of, of what what he what he will be king of, or in what uh, in what way the king uh, kingdom is interpreted in the end? Who knows? I'm pretty sure it won't end up like. It. And there's also like but, so much to mm. to happen before that. So I'm yeah. I'm not. It's not you know the way. Whether book the books end like the show or not are not my main concern. Yeah. I'm more interested in reading what's going to happen in the next books. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so, on the other hand, George yeah. has also tweeted uh, out some things. Um, I'm. I want to examine these two uh, tweets he made about some uh, Game of Thrones merch. Namely, two Valyrian steel blades. The first one is Heartsbane, which, as we know, mm. is the that, sword of the Tarlis. That somehow, but it was gifted in... to Jorah Mormont in yeah. the uh, in the eighth season. <laughs> For whatever reason, like for whatever reason because I guess uh, Sam is bad at sword fighting and Jorah is good. Mm. I don't know. Well, he still died. So if you want to own the Thankfully. sword that uh, Jorah owns in the end, uh, you can buy it for $350. Mm. Uh, and it just looks like a, it just looks like any sword I have ever seen. Yeah. Did you, did you look through the, through the other ones? Uh, the other one is... Um, Arya's it's Blade. It's called Arya's Blade. <laughs> Which, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. Um, it's a really ugly looking sword, uh, uh, blade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you have the, the picture open. Yeah, yeah. I've been browsing just... through the store the, for the last uh, half an hour and it's fascinating. Yeah. This, this sword looks like... Um, I've seen I've seen this picture shared about the recent Doctor's uh, sonic screwdriver and Doctor Who, which is just over designed mm. because there's like too many elements. And this is kind of how I feel about this sword. Mm. Like the what's it called? What's not the the hilt? I guess is what not the, bl- the not the blade part. Yeah, the hilt. Yeah, it's just way too elaborate and mm. still so fucking ugly. And it has a spike. Um, and the, the description can, says, yeah. "Oh, sorry, go on." And it has a spike in, at the end, which would uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hurt the person using it very likely. 
but you know, I mean, Arya <laughs> is so great at fighting that uh, she's not in danger. No, but maybe you can. Yeah, maybe you can do like more epic tricks with it if you can stab sure. with both mm-hmm. ends. Like you can yeah. do one step with the, you know, it's like because uh, Arya learns about uh, sticking with the pointy end, but this one mm. has two pointy ends. <laughs> it's even better. Two is always better. She it's like like the swords. fucking Darth Maul uh, <laughs> lightsaber. Yeah. Mm? Which is this is literally that. Um, I also like the description of this because um, it starts with, and this ties into. Um, one of the chapters we're going to talk about today. So it is hashtag relevant. Uh, it says, first seen in the hands of the assassins <laughs> and to kill Bran Stark, ownership of the knife was first attributed to Peter Baelish and then to Tyrion Lannister. And then there's some spoilers. Hmm. I mean, some actual book spoilers, yeah. not only show bullshit. And then it uh, somehow ends up in Arya's hands. And this is how, uh, how, it, how they keep describing it. Arya incorporated the use of the knife into her normal fighting style and eventually used the knife to attack the Night King mm-hmm. as she plunged the Valyrian steel blade into the Night King's mm-hmm. torso. The power of the blade shattered the Night King and with his death all the other White Walkers and their army of whites all mm-hmm. perished as well through the magic that had collected mm-hmm. them to their creator, thus ending the war against the dead. And so here's my question. Is yeah. George tweeting out the sword? Does this mean that <laughs> this is also how the Night King, who is definitely a character in the books, is going to be defeated and the entire yeah, army of sure. the dead? You know, in the in the chapters we're going to discuss, I think there's uh, some strong uh, seating that actually Littlefinger will kill the Night King in the books. We'll come back to that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> very excited to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I guess this has been it for news roundup. I mean, some some George-related news. Uh, you know, his biggest uh, distraction uh, he has from writing the books is football. And uh, luckily, oh, right. the, the Super Bowl was yesterday. So I think he has time now. Unless, unless uh, he's also in- interested in the XFL. Are you... Uh, I have no idea about football. You have no idea, okay? But I don't uh, even know who won. Uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won. And uh, did you did you hear about the Trump tweet that he uh, no congratulated the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the whole uh, the whole state of Kansas? But uh, Kansas City is actually not in Kansas. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. what a fucking clown! It's, it's uh, amazing. It's to amazing. Those who don't listen to this um, episode right as it comes out, uh, yeah. this is also, uh, today is also the day of the Iowa caucus, um, which hopefully Bernard Sandman is gonna mm. win. So, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe the, the big mm. orange Cheeto man won't <laughs> stay in the White House for too long. I can't, I can't imagine he will, but yeah. I couldn't imagine he would be he would be elected the first time. So, not, nothing would surprise me at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry so, for the actual politics. Yeah. Discord. Uh, so here. Coming back to to the XFL, as far as I know, George hasn't uh, declared being a fan of any of the teams. I mean, in the NFL, we know he is a fan of both the the Jets and the Giants of of uh, New York. And in the XFL, they actually have a few. Team names that are pretty would be pretty good for George. There are like uh, one team's called the Vipers. I think they are in, in Florida. 
there are dragons, there are guardians, there are battle hawks. So uh, I'd be very interested in, in uh, who he's going to support and be distracted for another, I don't know, 13 weeks. So watch out for XFL tweets from George the next week. Great. He also tweeted something about wildcards, which I still don't uh, really know what it is. Uh, and he tweeted out a calendar, which is uh, either a spoiler or something that didn't happen. We can't quite decide, but we're just not going to talk mm. about that. Yeah, we're um, both not sure what's what's supposed to be on the <laughs> on the front page, or if it's I don't know, maybe it's from from Fire and Blood. Ah, oh, that's true. I haven't because, tried that because it has some dragons on it. You know. The thing is, it's Maybe possible we'll... that it's a very uh, big uh, Dance with Dragons spoiler mm. that uh, there'd be no point of us discussing um, yeah. or spoiling to those mm. who either read it or reread and don't remember. So mm. It's okay. also possibly just something that looks cool. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, might be. Uh, I don't right. have a segue. Let's just start with the yeah, Let's just get into, into chapters. Of the week. So, uh, the... First one was uh, Edit Three. Edit three. three. We ended on kind of a cliffhanger with the last one. Yeah, like, like, one and Edit Three like kind of flow together. Absolutely, I accidentally spoiled uh, uh, spoiled I think a few people in the <laughs> yeah. chat last week because I was immediately discussing this chapter because, as I said, it, it flows so much into each other and I just kept uh, kept reading. But uh, yeah, so uh, quick yeah, summary. Yeah, this is a chapter where. Oh. The last one was uh, we ended with um, you know the Nymeria wolf attacking Joffrey, uh, and in in this one there's like kind of a trial uh, in front of King Robert, Arya, and Joffrey tell oh. their stories um, of what happened, uh, and uh, you know Joffrey is lying, uh, Arya is telling the things that happened. Mm. Um, Renly is... He has to be taken out because <laughs> he's laughing so hard at Joffrey, yeah. which is maybe my favorite thing about this chapter. Yeah. Bad uncle point. And then, of but, course, uh, uh, Sansa gets okay. taken in front of the king. She has to uh, tell what happened, oh. but she says she doesn't remember. Um, so, uh, Cersei demands that uh, the dire wolf must be punished. Um that attacked Joffrey. Unfortunately, Nymeria is not to be found. So, um, Ned so has to kill Lady, yeah. which is a very tragic moment. Mm. And, and this is one of those super traumatic chapters, I think. Yeah. Like, and in, in the early parts of, of this book, I think it's the, the one-two punch of Bran falling mm. and then uh, the killing of Lady that's Kind of shows how, you know, this isn't this isn't like Lord of the Rings or this yeah. isn't The Hobbit. You know, this, this is, is dark this is like fantasy some... that shocks you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where yeah. anyone can die. <laughs> <laughs> and Cersei really just was an asshole here, right? Cersei is kind of an asshole. No... In this one. I mean, it, it shows her character pretty good, even even for later that she just goes for like the the short term gratification. Rather than, you know, thinking ahead and, and being diplomatic and stuff, but you just can't do this. So if, if something hurts her pride in some way, then she just needs to, to be, uh, yeah, this, this slide has to be satisfied some way. 
Yeah. I mean, if it makes more yeah, Cersei is kind of the one who's um, pushing for this mm. uh, punishment, but also, of course we also can't let uh, Robert off the hook. Like, I think he handles this very poorly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. like, his deal is, uh, he says, oh, oh, mm, we can't know what happened, but I'm gonna reprimand my child and you're gonna reprimand yours. Mm. Like, basically, Robert's thing here is, I don't give a shit. Mm. Uh, I just want this whole thing over. And, like, he could have, you know, put a foot down or something. Like, yeah. when, uh, when Cersei says, oh, but one wolf needs to be killed. Uh, he also just like, eh, whatever, have her, I mean, let her have her peace. Like, he's very not sympathetic with uh, Sansa yeah. in this situation. I mean, and, and uh, Cersei kind of insults him, right? That's how she gets him to, to agree yeah, to yeah. kill the wolf. Like, oh, you're a weak king, like the, the, the men and you uh, would have uh, would have brought me a wolf pelt by, by the end of the day or something like that. So, yeah, he, he doesn't want to appear weak. That's That's how she gets him to agree. Even though it's, it's, it's obvious kind of, playing him. It's kind of inter- interesting that we get mm. this chapter from Nat's POV, I think, like yeah. after the Sansa one mm. earlier. Because, uh, you know, uh, I, do, did we get Sansa's thought on, so, thoughts on uh, Cersei earlier? Like, in the beginning, she's like super into the whole um, royalty thing, right? Yeah. No, I mean, she at the beginning of the chapter, she's excited to be riding with her in the, in the wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she does not yet have any thoughts on on her character. I think just oh, she's the she's the beautiful queen and she's so elegant yeah, yeah. and something. But just uh, yeah, nothing on her character yet. Because this this has got to be like the thing that changes her view on her. Like, bit, but we don't get it from her POV, so we can't. Yeah, I'm really sure tell. we we get a lot on it in in maybe the next chapter already. Um, Ned sure does his uh, classic thing of, you know, you have to swing the blade yourself yeah, uh, or do the judgment yourself, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not sure. Like, I think this starts to, to show, and I think this is also something that people have been discussing in Discord, that um, Ned is just about, uh, like, he's, he's very much about the rules and at this point, uh, he doesn't seem to like them. Like, he doesn't mm. want to kill Lady. But because it's his principles that he has to do yeah. the sentence I mean, himself. It, it is a kingly command in the end, right? So. Yeah, but like his hand of the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> even if it's, yeah. uh, in this case, it's, it's not like, I'm not even sure it is a kingly command in this case. Because yeah. this is not like a royal affair. Mm. This is just about like, and like the king doesn't care clearly. He says, uh, you know, I'll just reprimand Joffrey, which, ugh, whatever that means. Like what we learn later about how, uh, Robert treats Joffrey, uh, it might be like something yucky. So, you know, and there's he, that. But other than that, he doesn't care about the wolves. And he half denies uh, the command in the end with, uh, Taking uh, taking a lady's corpse back to Winterfell instead of of giving Cersei the pelt. So yeah, yeah, it's, he's not he, he's not capable to to totally disregard the rules, but he bends it kind of or doesn't wanna wanna give Cersei the satisfaction totally. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Which may, yeah, of course maybe. doesn't save still doesn't save ladies. So yeah, maybe he 
Uh, I think Ned could have like uh, used some trickery here and uh, maybe sent yeah. in a life lady north and then be like, oh well, uh, you know there is no need to 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 kill her and uh, she's out of here. She can't hurt anyone. So uh, let's leave it at that. And yeah. I mean, can't imagine Ned, like, he could have done it, but, like, yeah. it's not what Ned does, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which is good characterization, mm. and I think it is gonna keep being a thing about his character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, one more thing, like, one last thing I wanted mm. to mention about this chapter, and then we can move on, is, uh, like, what, what stood out to me is uh, when they want to uh, reprimand or kill Lady instead of uh, Nymeria instead, then Arya oh. also freaks out, like, and she's yeah. screaming, no, Lady has nothing to do with it, which yeah. I thought was a was a very good moment. Yeah, she's, uh, like, Sans and Arya immediately on, uh, on the same side on that, right? Yeah. They're, they're both pleading to, to uh, spare Lady, which, yeah, makes sense. It wasn't totally it's, unreasonable it's, demand. Again, yeah. It's it kind of shows their relationship again. I think like because mm. uh, you know many people uh, who uh, either have never had siblings or just do a surface level reading of these, mm-hmm. um, they take away from their relationship that they just hate each other. But yeah, it's it's, it's not really that. Like they they no. do. I I think Arya and Sansa do care a lot about each other. They just mm. don't know how to show it, or they. They have these moments where, like, oh, I hate my sister, but it's actually just, you know. They, I think they both would like to be closer, but because they're like different in their interests, they they have trouble yeah. with that, and that kind of ma- makes them angry, maybe, or, or yeah. makes them feel like they don't understand each other. Which is what what siblings often do at this age. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know many. Okay. I I personally have been in in a good relationship with my. Uh, with my sister, but like, uh, I also have like two other sisters who, mm. uh, who have been fighting like <laughs> all the time and like I still do it. But like, I've heard from a lot of people who have had like shaky relationships with their siblings that they, uh, only started to get closer once they, <laughs> they were grown up. Mm. Yeah. Especially so it's also, you know, kind of a thing that if you're really, really close in, uh, age wise too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like eleven and nine, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like yeah. a bigger age difference for them to brand, so they don't mm. really um, have like a strong thing with mm. brand either way. Like they probably like him. Yeah. But there's less less mm. of that. Uh, they're <laughs> less they have, like you know interwoven. They have very different uh, relationships with uh, John, though. That's, yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Uh, right. I think so, we'll get to that when we get to the John chapter because yeah. he brings it up. Exactly. So I had uh, two things I wanted to bring up. Uh, the first one, right at the, at the start of the chapter, they say that uh, Arya has been gone for four days. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not really made clear why, like if she was lost or if she was if she was hiding. Oh, that's but, weird. Uh, I don't even yeah. remember that. Yeah, I I, I I read back uh, once or twice to like find out the okay, game, and she's she's gone for four days, and I mean, I mean she must have been hiding because uh, I mean Joffrey and, and Sansa made it back, so uh, I guess they couldn't have been that far or that, or that hard to to uh, to find the way back. So 
Yeah, yeah. Arya must have. She was there. probably. I, I'm guessing she was hiding. Like mm. that would be my. Maybe she was hanging instinct, out with like with Nymeria a few more days. Yeah. Because the thing with uh, like uh, throwing stones at her that that she flees is a is a show invention, right? That you get it. That, that I'm directly. not sure. I I think she. God. Namira runs away in the, uh, during the fight, but uh, the, there's nothing about Arya uh, uh, sending her away, I think. So I guess maybe that's, I'm, that's what she was doing. I don't know if it's a, it might also be like a <laughs> Mandela effect thing that I remember. I'm, it's, it's so hard to keep the early yeah. season one things apart mm. from A Game of Thrones, because I, I really can't tell you if if that's in the books or not. Mm. I guess we'll uh, when we get to the next Arya chapter, it's either gonna be brought up or if it yeah, doesn't get maybe. brought up, then mm. we'll we'll have to say that mm. it was a show invention. Yeah. Brand but three. Yeah, Jim. Uh, just one more thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, I really liked uh, how uh, Ned uh, killing lady wasn't described at all. Like it, it yeah. happens between two sen- sentences. It's just a uh, shortly. Jory brought him ice, and when it was over, he said. So this just not not uh, yeah. Ned Ned doesn't even like narrate it himself. Despite him doing it, he he doesn't want to want to think about it. I guess. So that's a very good piece of writing, I think. To not yeah. write it at all. <laughs> this makes if that makes sense. Uh, I, I think it does. I'm I'm not sure why uh, why George chose to not describe it, but that's probably mm. it. Yeah, I don't know if it, there would have okay, been so, a, a good way yeah. to 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 make a description that that would fit from Ned's standpoint. Yeah, I wonder oh. if because um, we don't get the previous execution described from Ned's standpoint, like the previous mm. one is from Bran's standpoint. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if uh, if this was specifically in regards to Lady, mm. uh, or if he feels this way uh, whenever he has to carry mm. out an execution, like he's just doing mm. his duty, uh, but he, he doesn't kind of, want to think about it. He kind of zones out and just lets it happen, right? Yeah, which yeah. is kind of fucked up to mm. think about. <laughs> Let's move on to Brand 3, because yeah. we're still at the first chapter. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's, uh, there's a lot in it. He's, he's having a, an extended uh, vision dream. Uh, he's having a dream. That's kind a, of... Yeah, quote-unquote dream. Is, he's having a vision, really. Right? Uh, it's not... I mean, we'll get, we'll get uh, into that later, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, I don't know if it's in this book... Or in the Clash of Kings, when when this brand's dream thing it starts to starting to become a motive. Mm. This is not to talk about the show again, but uh, again, kind of fucked up how uh, the showrunners set out to like they first wanted to not do any dreams or visions mm. or uh, flashbacks mm. at all. Yeah, which is. I, I think they excuse they they excused it as that you know tacky writing in a TV show mm. to do flashbacks, but that's Which such is, bullshit. It's, it's, not, it's such an important yeah. it's such an important part of mm. a song of ice and fire, yeah, and this, especially of Brand's character. This whole chapter did not appear in the show, right? I think they had like a 
a scene here where he's chasing a, a three-eyed, uh, I think it's a raven, not the crow in the in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, he's chasing a bird in without, the show. Without any, any concrete foreshadowing or... or yeah, without any points to it. Chasing it into the crypts, I think, and then he wakes up. So. And it's weird that in the show's version of the dream, he's running around, while in this one, uh, he's dreaming of falling. Yeah, falling and... and Flying in the end, yeah. Which is very different. Like it's very different mm. to to have him show have legs again in his dream, mm. which yeah. he doesn't have anymore, mm. or to have him relieve relive the thing that made him end mm. up in a coma. Mm. Yeah, but just but just briefly, right? He, he thinks of it, and then the the crow says to him, "Oh, forget it. That that is not important. I have to think of of other things." Because mm. like Jamie's face briefly appears before him, and he starts to scream, and then he, he kind of yeah, the crow says, "Forget about it. That's not important." I mean, how much can we talk about this chapter without without anything? talking about the foreshadowing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder um, how much. I mean, basically, he's he's dreaming that he uh, that he's falling, and the crow is telling him to fly. Right, mm. like that's the gist of it. Yeah, and he sees a few uh, he has things. To feed the crow some corn, which um, yeah. is it's just struck out to me as weird. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have an interpretation. Uh, Emmanuel no, has something to, yeah. something to say about it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but we'll get to it. that hmm. later, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, oh. Speaking of which, oh. hi, Emmanuel. Uh, speaking, hi. Hi. Oh, Sorry about hello. that. Uh, no problem. <laughs> what did I miss? Uh, we're just at Brand's dream. Yeah. So, so we we've done to, we've done discussing Adder three, and we're at the second one. Yeah. We were just wondering okay. how much how much we can talk about the Brand chapter without uh, major spoilers. <laughs> because oh yeah, there's a, a lot of foreshadowing. It's probably nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really wonder how how much you could get from this chapter as a like first time reader who is absolutely has no idea what's what's happened, like not even in the broad strokes. I it's very much cool. You, I remember how it, much you could uh, get it being. From it. Yeah, I think I just thought it's it's like really cool imagery when I yeah. first read this mm. chapter, without thinking mm. too much about the the actual things he mm. sees, and it's you know it's very well written, like it's. Mm very evocative i guess yeah i mean something i remember from other people talking about it is um that he's he, the way he's writing it it's like jumping from image to image and kind of like uh um it's kind of creating tension and stuff but uh he's basically like mimicking a kind of like a almost a trip because he's just like jumping from one thing to the next and each thing is like just a little bit of detail, but it's enough to like make your, if you focus on any one line, it's like enough to make your mind uh, run on and imagine a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But, um, but it's him very fall- clear that, sorry. Oh, good. But uh, it's very clear that, uh, that he's seeing things that are actually happening or, or have happened or uh, will happen probably. Because like there's a reference to to what just happened in the chapter before. There's reference to uh, what will happen in the next chapter. He sees like uh, Caitlin and and Roderick uh, sailing down to King's Landing. Uh, 
he sees John at the wall. So it's clear that it's not just a weird dream he's having. He's like having visions of of the world. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, like we haven't. Okay, we've had the prologue, and then there has been like no magical stuff yeah. uh, happening. And this one, mm. you know, it does feel like uh, okay. There's gonna be some some magical. Like I, I think even as a first time reader, you're mm. gonna feel that this this crow fella. He, yeah, there's he something. He might have to it. something. <laughs> He might be important. He might be magic. Um, yeah, I guess it's really hard to talk about this chapter without getting into uh, stuff that happens later. Um, let's do it at the end of the episode, then, maybe. Yes. Okay, yeah, after, once we get into the spoiler section. And then move yeah. on to Kathleen 1, in which, um, in which we meet Littlefinger. Wait, isn't it Kathleen 3? This is his first chapter, right? Yeah. Catelyn 3? Catelyn 3, yeah. yeah. This one No, Catelyn 4. Catelyn 4. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so this oh, one. Okay. And, uh, and Ned 4, the next one. Littlefinger is kind of a prominent figure. And controversial opinion? I, I kind of liked Littlefinger like, as a character here. Okay. I'm yeah. ignoring everything I know about <laughs> him in the future and stuff, but... Uh, he had, he was a bit similar to uh, to Tyrion, I think, with like joking around, and, uh, slightly insulting everyone, and uh, at, at least yeah, it's act- like very quippy. Yeah, and acting like the insult insults uh, towards him, uh, he doesn't care about them, or or he's also making quips about him when when like yeah, his duel with Brandon is referenced, so. He's, he is yeah. kind of an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, even though I have this fucked up brain thing about him that uh, every time he speaks, I I hear the <laughs> little finger voice, but like yeah. <laughs> not even the sh- like half the show voice and half Eddie's impression it. of it. <laughs> so yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I, I have a similar thing mm. with uh, Tyrion where I always hear him with his fake English accent. Okay from the show. He's got like four different fake accents that he cycles between their own <laughs> bad. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, yeah, the, the, it's a, like a nice entry, or entry, what's it called? Introduction to like mm. all the intrigue that's going to be happening in King's Landing. Like she gets there and she thinks they're like trying to be careful. You know, they talk about being lying low and that kind of stuff. And, and none of it works because it of blows up. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Kellen, she kind of runs through. It's kind of funny whenever, like, the writing whenever Rogic asks about Littlefinger, and he kind of like trails off because he doesn't know how to say it politely, and then Kellen just dumps the whole story, even yeah. though he probably knows it. It's like a little yeah. bit awkward. Um, as far as the writing, but mm. um, it, I guess you could say that Catelyn like hasn't thought about this for a long mm. time, and it's uh, something that makes her really uncomfortable. And like maybe she feels a little bit of guilt about it, but also like um, it's just uneasy about Littlefinger in general. Yeah, yeah. This one has the retelling of the uh, when he was fighting Brandon, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah she she runs for, through like, for her hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without her having any say in it. 
<laughs> like she she yeah. said, oh, she uh, she didn't feel about she felt about him like a brother, nothing else. And uh, but he still challenged, and uh, yeah, would would have been interesting if he won, right? <laughs> How that would have. Brandon was probably like a like a huge jock, right? Like there's yeah, no way Littlefinger would have won. No, he was. Yeah, I think he's always described it like a big and stronger than that. Yeah. I'm I'm imagining him as Brock Lesnar in my head. <laughs> this is something for yeah, the wrestling maybe. fans out there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What's the equivalent in wrestling whenever you see somebody else and they don't have like all the gear you have so they you like downgrade to get to to make it an equal fight? Is there anything <laughs> like that? Like if you're wearing your your uh underpants or whatever like what wrestlers wear and then the other guy comes in naked, do you also get naked? <laughs> No, no. There's, I I don't think that's a thing in wrestling. There's like one wrestler in Japan uh, who I really dislike. His name is Taichi, but he has one cool gimmick where uh, at one point in his like he has he's wearing pants, but there's a point in a match where he's about to get serious, so he uh, rips them off and they're like tearaway pants, and then he has tra- trunks under them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this chapter also has uh, the fan favorite character Morio Tamitis. That's a great fake name. Like, I can't get over it. Morio yeah, Tamitis. it's like whenever Japanese people try to come up with English names, yeah. it's great. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. And we also get Varys. We, get we also Varys, get Varys, yeah. who is described as being. Uh, Hairless as an egg. Yeah, he's described pretty like grossly throughout these two chapters, like as, as yeah. sweaty and like uh, yeah. he's, he's perfumed, but uh, but Ned still thinks he uh, he stinks and yeah, he's moist all the time. He's like yeah, I don't know. That. Yeah, he just sprayed like a shit ton of Axe Brody spray all over him anytime he like <laughs> enters a room. Like yeah. There's gonna be. This is a very uh, mild spoiler. There's gonna be a later chapter where um, Ned almost doesn't recognize Varys uh, because he's like not moist at all, and like mm. like he completely changed his uh, appearance and also like okay. his uh, I don't know. I guess his aura or something. Like he doesn't have the same presence as he has as mm. Varys. So that makes me think that his. Uh, Moistness and his perfumeness is like kind of a costume he's uh, wearing he's, when he's when he's being various. Yeah. So he's deliberately extra extra oh yeah, extravagant to to like uh, have it easier to blend in when he needs to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he's sure. basically building his because mm. he's the spider and he's yeah. the you know the one who everyone thinks is. Uh, is the sneaky guy, or everyone everyone mm. knows he's the sneaky guy, but also everyone needs. So he's kind mm. of like pay, playing up this um, this persona, mm. I guess. Uh, yeah. And both Caitlin and Ned are immediately yeah. like, "Oh, I, I I hate this guy. I don't trust him." Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust Littlefinger, but I trust this guy even less. <laughs> yeah, but that's like the difference. Like yeah. I think Littlefinger wants to be the, which I think he doesn't succeed in it, but mm. I I think. Littlefinger wants to be the guy who people like. Mm-hmm. 
and trust more than, or maybe not trust, but like at least he's trying to be popular more than Varys. Mm. Like I think Varys is deliberately uh, trying to be the spooky spy guy. Yeah, he or leans like, into a lot of the like societal expectations and mm. stereotypes of, about eunuchs, and yeah. um, he really like leans into those hard to like, um, yeah, as as a mask, as a as a. Mm like thing to obscure mm. yeah yeah but once again i i'm not sure how much of that is uh, seems is uh like at this point it does seem like uh this is just like a stereotype of what a eunuch is mm. so that might mm-hmm. be problematic again i think it's gonna change even in this book later when they're showing various to have <laughs> multitudes but you know at this point he's described like kind of at this point it's kind of yucky the way yeah and uh, really over George the top right like uh, it, I, guess. I had the thought okay, George what's going on here with this description like uh, he's just a, a wet, much, wet but, egg man yeah <laughs> wet egg man but he's a, just a, a moist powdery egg somehow he's moist and powdery at the same yeah, time it's a, somehow it's a and, and stinky and perfumed at the same time so, yeah, man. there's a lot of language um, yeah. that there's a lot of times where he conflates um, sickly smelling or like rotten mm. smelling with sweet smells. It happens. Mm. It happens a lot. It's like a big thing. Oh yeah. But, uh, mm. Like yeah. Anyway. But Varys so is what? definitely the the comfiest person in the room wherever he is. Like his <laughs> yeah. his one description we get of like his his uh, silk gown and and velvet slippers that sounds so great to wear. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. uh, second. Uh, okay, he he has never he never shares a scene with Mister Lewin. Yeah, Mister <laughs> um, Lewin has they it, could fight it off. Has his big, uh, big heavy chain, right? His bling bling. Yeah, but that, I imagine even Mister Lewin's chain to be uh, to be like a comfy chain. His chain, it's uh, described no, as tight around his neck. Yeah. It's not as big as it is in yeah. the show. It's like yeah, he's not like as, a choker. Um, yeah, only, um, I get the feeling that the... yeah, yeah, most maesters like don't have that long of a of a mm. chain. Uh, uh, let's it's... maybe talk about like the final thing Peter says or Tyrion says, not Tyrion. Littlefinger says at the end of the chapter about the blade because it kind of like sets up the plot for the rest of the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. So is well, he just kind of gambling here? Is he just uh, making up well, something on the spot. What's, what's well, going wait, wait, wait. on? Here? I feel like we're talking about spoilers right now. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he says we can that talk the, about this the, later. At the the blade at the was the was uh, Tyrion's. That's what we get in the in the chapter. How he arrives at that is seems weird. Yeah. So he basically says uh, he tells like a convoluted story about yeah. how this is his blade, mm. but he lost it. Uh, when he was betting at Jamie at a, a yeah, tourney, mm. and um, and Tyrion won, won because mm. uh, Jamie was unhorsed by Sir Loras, which mm. I'm realizing might be the sir- first mention we have of Loras Tyrion. Yeah, pretty sure. Or the Tyrells in general. Mm. Yeah, love to see yeah. two pretty boys ride at each other on horses. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is, a, but I think even like like unspoilerly, uh, knowing that we 
can't trust Littlefinger. Mm. I think it's still like kind of, or you know, the the whole story he tells seems already a little mm. fishy, and then we can maybe I mean, later discuss what what the yeah. actual deal. It seems is. weird that Tyrion would bet against Jaime, right? Yeah. Yeah, Especially because just... we've had a POV from Tyrion earlier where he said uh, mm. Jaime, Tyrion would forgive Jaime almost anything. Like he seems to, uh, Tyrion doesn't like many people, but he likes Jaime. Mm. Yeah, and, and he the... also Littlefinger also says that everyone was surprised that Jaime lost. So mm. that's also yeah. Yeah, the point though is is that neither Ned nor Cat question this at all. They uh, just immediately take his word because that's what they're used to doing. Like they're they're literally the guy like that you really think someone would go on the internet and tell lies like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they this is kind of part of the reason Ned is uh not going to be super suited to like governance here is because he he's used to just like having trusting people mm-hmm. and like thinking that the people that are in their positions are there because they're competent and because they're good at that job and not because mm-hmm. they have. Uh, other moti- or ulterior motives. He doesn't consider that really at all. Yeah. I mean, he considers that people are like trying to get certain things from him or whatever, but yeah, he's just not suited to this kind yeah. of like backhanded yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess it helps that they also already dislike Tyrion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're kind of getting like into, if... into the end of chapter already. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, we're, we've been discussing like the Caitlyn at the, the end of chapter together because it goes kind of parallel. Oh, uh, do you mean we should uh, do I mean, Ned I now think it may, or Ned it make, now and then No, I think it makes, makes sense to, to discuss those two. I mean, technically the John chapter is in between them. But... Uh, oh, okay. They both, so you want to just block. talk about the Ned one first? Okay, so... Yeah, I uh, think in, it, it would make sense. Let's do, let's do Ned first mm. and then I mean, John. So... One thing I, I in said the in the... Ned chapter, there's a Oh, sorry. I said in the in the news segment that I think there is seeding that uh, Littlefinger uh, will kill the Night King. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there are the two lines when uh, he's inspecting the blade. There's one: uh, Littlefinger hefted the knife lightly in his hand, testing the grip. He flipped it in the air, caught it again with his other hand. Oh my he god! Does that too? Yeah. Oh, and also. He grasped the blade between thumb and forefinger, threw it back over his shoulder and threw it across the room with a practiced flick of his wrist. It struck it struck the door and buried itself deep in the oak. Okay, let me put on my tinfoil hat for a second. Arya Arya also does that with the with the Valyrian steel knife when she when she gets it. She also I think they had a different plan for the show. Yeah. I think they wanted to let Arya skin change into Littlefinger. <laughs> which many show fans were, you know, before season 8, were speculating on this. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to uh, skin change her yeah. into Littlefinger, then make uh, Littlefinger kill the Nightman, and then, surprise reveal, it was actually Arya. Yeah. But they couldn't afford uh, what whatever the name of that actor is. So that's why they had Aiden, to, do it, to make Aiden Arya do it herself. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, the seeding is, is obvious here. It's, so do you think that that's what, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen in the final book? Yeah, absolutely. Little finger work of the Night King. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. 
so in this chapter, there's a small council meeting, and then uh, there's the Fucknasium scene. Yeah. Um, so the small council is... Oh, yeah, we've already been talking about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Littlefinger, the ma- master of coin, Varys, the master of whisperers, mm-hmm. Randy, the master of laws. Is that uh, mentioned that? Is that and, mentioned that he is master of laws in the chapter? Because I was always wondering why is, why is Randy here? It's mentioned on the wiki. <laughs> so yeah, that's I thought that he's he's just kind of there. And there's been the discussion chapter. of it in. Uh, I I actually don't remember if this was mentioned in the chapter mm-hmm. or not. Maybe it's in the appendix. Yeah. Maybe it's uh it's mentioned like yeah, it's it's mentioned later. Okay. But right now it's of course just there for some reason. Yeah. To make jokes with little thing. <laughs> Literally like uh this small council meeting is um uh, normally like, Stannis would be there and also yeah. Barristan. Oh yeah. Mm. Stannis is the master of ships. Of course. We get another two uh, Stannis also, mentions in these chapters. Like, I, I didn't remember how much Stannis is is uh, talked about talked about like right from the start and from the early chapters. Like when I started reading book two and and spoilers, Stannis came up. I was like, who who is this guy? Yeah, I same. So much talk about him. Mm-hmm. I might uh, have remembered him from the end of the first book, but like not from this earlier. Yeah, yeah. Which also Pycelle is there. Pycelle's there. He's really just there, right? (laughs) He's taking a nap. He's taking a nap with his chains. Has Pycelle been been, effective at any point? Oh, I mean, yeah, define effective. (laughs) Like, has he been uh, good at helping rule the realm? Yeah. <laughs> Has he made a, a made some you know major major like waves and stuff like that? Mm. Uh, yup. <laughs> but that's all spoiler stuff. So, so basically, not- uh, Pycelle and Varys have both been there before yeah. uh, Robert became king, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did he how did he get Littlefinger to be? Um, Master of coin. They they detail it later, but basically, John Aaron, uh, his wife, like convinced him to bring him to mm-hmm. court and like hire him as like a tax collector. He brought in way more money than all the other ones, and then they eventually made him master of coin. Mm-hmm. Which is a push position so, people don't want usually, right? It's like uh, kind what's of that? Uh, uh, being yeah, master of coin too. is not like that that glamorous and. People True, might comes not up later. be that, that interested in taking the position. So might be. <clears throat> but it's weird. Like, at, this says, point, yeah, at this point, the realm is like super in debt. Yeah. But like, they also say, like, Robert is, not Robert, Ned is surprised because uh, mm. they they inherited, like, or like they took over a whole treasury from mm. Ares. So apparently, like, did. Was there a. Was there a master of coin before Littlefinger after Robert became, or when Robert became king? Like, did someone else, uh, mm. wrote the, or did someone else put the realm in debt, or was that, uh, was that just Robert and was it already Littlefinger? Cause I don't remember the much about uh, that. A combination of the two, I'd say. Like, uh, 
Robot yeah, from wanting, what I remember. Robot wanting to spend a lot of money and, and Littlefinger not stopping him and maybe uh, the the Master of Coin before also not not speaking yeah. up enough or Robot just not caring. I mean, they are I just advisors. That, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah, mean, Robot I super doesn't care, obviously. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't remember if there was... Uh, I don't think they ever mentioned... Um, Another master of coin be- before Littlefinger. I think the post might have just been empty, or maybe John Aaron was uh, picking up that slack. Mm. Oh yeah, but, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think um, it was only like a couple years before uh, of Robert's like rule before uh, Littlefinger came up, and yeah, we'll talk about that too. Also in the like spoiler chapter discussion because. Dun, 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 never mind. Anyway, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting, also, because uh, the reason why this is discussed or why there's a small council meeting is that Ned's want to do a turn in honor. No, not Ned. Robot wants to do a turn in honor of Ned, which Ned doesn't want. Yeah. And uh, Littlefinger is just like, eh, what can you do about it? He wants to spend more. Mm. We'll just loan more. We already yeah, owe. Tywin, three million, and three million to the Tyrells and, Tyrells um, and the Faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah the even Faith. the Faith. That's and, <laughs> and the Iron Bank, the Iron, Iron Bank, Bank yeah. and uh, yeah. some some merchant uh, like councils or something. Also in the Free Cities, I think. <clears throat> so yeah, he's kind of in the in the mode of well, we are, we are so far in debt, like a little bit more doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, there's six million, and the tourney would cost like a hundred k or something mm. like that. I forget. Yeah. So it's kind of a trap in the bucket. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Ned uh, is kind of the first clue that like Ned doesn't really understand the position he's in. Where if if you wanted to try and like let, unilaterally um, veto this like this the hands tourney. Uh, he would have to go to Robert to like convince him because this order came directly from Robert. But he could uh, like I don't know. He he has a lot more power uh, over these guys than he's he tends to use, and um, that's another thing that like he's just not used to. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's they doing... also don't make him feel like he has power. Yeah. Like, that's also uh, that's also a factor. I think that it. I'm not going to say it's like well-oiled machinery or anything, the small mm. council, but mm. like there are people who have been the small council for a while. So mm. I think it, it also seems like from this net chapter that net first just feels weird in their company. It doesn't want to be around them. Yeah. He, I mean, the other thing is he just got off his horse, like after <laughs> traveling uh, along the, like this horrible trip. That's like, I don't know. It's like taking a freaking road trip with like your entire extended family and one of them just killed your dog so um yeah true he also describes how um Sansa and Arya have have been like just miserable mm. for obvious reasons this these past few days and that uh, that obviously also didn't put Ned in a Ned in a good mood mm. yeah <clears throat> I don't know could I mean, but Ned was the one who had to kill Lady, so it's also maybe a factor. Because I was going to say maybe Ned could have done a better job of consoling his daughters, but you know, considering the part he had uh, to play in, 
the death of Lady maybe it wouldn't have been that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we Ned's parenting uh he he's like he can be a really good parent, but he's also like kinda not great about confronting like tough issues and uh and that sort of stuff. Like he's not the most emotionally intelligent man, <laughs> which you know, we're living in vampire times, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh very fair characterization of Nan. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a pretty I, stoic I mean, guy and, and distant uh, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, that extends with I mean, a few exceptions few, like, if to his a, children. Yeah. If there's a motive of these characters, it's like that everyone has, you know, their faults, and it's more about who keeps trying to do good and who has given in to, you know, just be uh, whatever... Tyrion does. And Robert, too. I mean, that's the yeah. the line, um, the last line in the uh, this chapter is... So they, they go through the small council thing. It's mostly just an introduction to the other council members. Mm-hmm. But then whenever he's leaving, Littlefinger is like, hey, you want to go on a little adventure? You want to <laughs> go to the, my, my fucknasium? And, uh, yeah, they go they go down this, like wacky path they're like under the castle and then they come out and they climb down a cliff and then ride some horses down the stream and then they re-enter the city and then they go to uh little fingers establishment <laughs> I, ha- I have to say uh when the uh, them walking like first out of the castle and then through some back door and the, down this weird cliff path i thought okay that's like very elaborate and and uh, unnecessarily dangerous until it kind of dawned of me oh this might be symbolism especially this <laughs> this path down the cliffs of that uh, little finger is very sure and very quick to to walk down and uh Ned is uh, like uh, can't keep up and this is is slower and a uh, little more clumsy and yeah maybe that's symbolism for uh little finger being better at uh at walking the dangerous paths in King's Landing than uh, Ned is. Yeah, for sure. And he's also been there for longer, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, remind me about that too um, whenever uh, we get to the spoiler yeah. thing. <laughs> like Ned uh, is okay. definitely very much a fish out of water here and like, mm. of course, obviously also in the in Littlefinger's brothel, it's like... Mm. It's the. I think Littlefinger really enjoys how. Ooh, who would have thought Ned Stark uh, in a fucknasium? It's the last place you were. You you would expect him, and then mm-hmm. also, of course, when his like he he doesn't. You know, it doesn't come out and say. You know, I was visited by your wife because of an issue. I hit her in my fucknasium, mm-hmm. whatever. He's been like, ooh, your wife is here, and like he. Mm. He literally puts his life in line just to own that <laughs> for a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I just wish Roderick had been a little bit later. <laughs> like, if he had just been, like, a second or two later. Oh, man. <laughs> how much how much bullshit we could have avoided. The rest avoided. of these books wouldn't have happened, yeah. I mean, some of it would have happened still, but, like, Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, so... 
<laughs> Basically, Littlefinger calls Cat a slut or a whore, and then uh, Ned's about to fucking destroy his entire throat with a knife. And uh, but then Roderick shows up and says, "No, it's true. He's, she's here." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then then we get the whole conversation that we kind of already talked about a little bit, anyway. Yeah, basically, Cat uh, says what like sums up the previous chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what do they decide? Well, they decide that Catelyn's going to go back to Winterfell. Uh, she has orders um, to basically uh, a couple of the minor lords of the north to gather up some archers and send them to a place called Moat Caelan, which I don't know if we've had a lot of details about yet, mm-hmm. but we we passed through and on Ned and mm-hmm. and the king's like journey south, but there's a stronghold there that is basically this choke point for the entire north that is really hard to get through, especially if you have arrows coming at you. So he's saying that like 200 archers can hold the, that that spot against like an entire army, and it will buy us time if it comes to war. He also sends orders to Wyman Manderley to. Uh, shore up like all of his defenses and and make sure that White Harbor is good to go. So that's a lot of names that probably won't come up ever again. Nah, no. no, yeah, it's nothing. And he also says war. he also says to uh, especially keep an eye on Theon Greyjoy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they might need we'll uh, <laughs> need help from the yeah. from the Ironborn and need the fleet. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, not the, not the best read on uh, that situation, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Littlefinger in that chapter says that he holds Harris's balls in his palm for some reason. Like his his his, epic, his worst dude. his worst joke. Like yeah, stupid. Ed his bro. worst joke in the joke yeah. in the books. Yeah, and there's there's worse ones in the show. Remember mm. the fucking play with her ass scene? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Like, how are people thinking Game of Thrones was ever yeah. a good show when that happened in the first season? I mean, pe- people were making fun of the first season yeah, yeah, for yeah. this exploitation, I remember. There was, like, a, a Saturday Night Live skit, I think, about some 12-year-old boy being the, the co-writer of, of everything and writing in these scenes. Like, people were aware, but, uh, yeah... I think they attributed it to, oh, it's HBO, they need a lot of new scenes because that's kind of their thing. Which is, like, have you seen any other HBO show that handles nudity like that? Uh, True Blood, maybe. Okay, I haven't <laughs> seen that. <laughs> but I guess there's... I haven't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, they, how the, 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 the books for True Blood are and if that's... True to the source material, or if they invented a lot of, of sex scenes there too. Oh, do you think there's like a like a, a post True Blood podcast where they talk about how bad the show <laughs> is in comparison to the books? There's a, sure there is. Sure there is. The it's I don't know True True Blood or true whatever blood, it's yeah. gonna that that would be called Truest Blood. Yeah. Truest Blood. <laughs> Maybe if we're done with this, we will do a, a true plot rewrite. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like, yeah, I watched it through once, and uh, the, the last few seasons were uh, pretty much a chore to get through. It was not that. I'm you know, honestly that always mix it up with the Vampire Diaries. 
haven't it. Okay, so we'll have two out to read, so we won't have time. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's gonna come yeah, out sure. right when we're done with the reread. Mm-hmm. How is that? Uh, uh, when when the... would that be scheduled right now with with the pace we're we on right now? Bit over Next a year, year sometime. Yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it's just like I think we're set to finish in a year. But anyway, this was the original plan, but then uh, Elliot made it like stretched out a little. It is not mm. one chapter a day, but only five a week. And we're probably going to slow down around Feast or at least and Dance when the chapters themselves are 30, 40 pages. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's talk about John. Yeah. Let's talk about our very exactly. special boy. There's, there's another chapter, right? Yeah, and this yeah. is a banger. I really like this one. Yeah. Basically, this chapter is so fucking good. John has trouble making friends with the penal colony, and uh, then some some old guy tells him why. <laughs> yeah, John is John is really fed up about how yeah. he's, uh, he's just too good at sword fighting yeah. and just being bullied yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he learns Marxism. Yeah. <laughs> He learns about privilege. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, this is the, the other thing um, is that we were, in, whenever we talked about the prologue, we talked about how this place, like, can become a home. Mm. This is, Donald Noy is probably given this speech. Like, yeah. I mean, not this exact speech, but he's probably sat down, like, you know, so many kids that need to, like, learn, uh, not even uh, this exact lesson, but. The point is, is that like, you know, there's fathers in this in this organization essentially, and that's like part of the reason that this becomes a home for people. Is like, you know, there it's not just a bunch of like, you know, some of them are criminals and stuff, and you know, there's some bad eggs or whatever. But uh, uh, like the rapists that we never get named and kind of don't show up again, but uh, they, you know, these these men like. They there's enough of them that care about uh, the institution and the and the even just like apart from the institution they care enough about other people that they're like gonna do this and they're gonna try and like you know stitch together these like these ragtag kids into a family and also I mean the, the there is no other option you have to uh, to get along with these people and. Uh... Down the line, maybe, uh, yeah, uh, your life may depend on them one day or, uh, yeah. or theirs on yours or something. And, uh, yeah, you can't make, uh, make enemies here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he so, says it like straight out. You're either going to do this or you're going to be, have your slit, like your throat slit one night. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, do you guys want to talk about Alistair? <laughs> <sighs> And is there much to say? I mean, he he, he yeah. sucks. <laughs> he sucks, but uh, yeah, yeah. But he... I think I I like the um, I really like the early uh, Night's Watch chapters where we just mm. um, learn a lot about like the whole structure of the like specifically of Castle Black, like how there, um, mm-hmm. you know, we. With Alyssa Thorne and Gior Mormont and uh, Donald Noy and then all the, you know, Gren and Toad and, uh, you know, later Sam. 
I think it's in the next John chapter, yeah. so it's not a big spoiler. This is gonna yeah. be a guy named Sam. Uh, so you know, the, the way he, John just, you know, learns all these people, uh, builds his relationships with every one of them. Mm-hmm. I think Elisa is a great texture to that. Yeah. In this chapter, like, it starts off, he's saying, like, he hates them all. He, like, they, they suck so bad at sword fighting that every, every day he, like, despises them more. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, by the end of it, he's turned that around. Um, it's also, uh, Castle Black is, like, a lot smaller than I remember. Um, or a lot bigger, rather. Uh, it used to house, like, 5,000 men and all their serving men and all their, like, support staff, I guess. That's, and it's there's so many buildings, he describes, that just aren't used anymore. This place is, like, huge. Like, it's a lot of people that used to be there, and now there's, like, 400 or something. Yeah, he, said, he says something about you can basically pick where you want to live because there's so many so many empty rooms. Yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. It's like, yikes. And uh, I think you... And Alistair, uh, he's also, like, bad at his job. Uh, he like He's a really good uh, character for, like, mm. as, um, as something for John to overcome, but, like, mm. he's not doing a very good job. Like, John does a better job later. Uh, yeah. Of teaching these boys, but... but like it kind of speaks to the whole, uh, I guess, theme of how the uh, Night's Watch is like super misorganized, or because I think it's it's because they only get mostly get these types of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe uh, maybe you know, Alice's, once again, Alice, like how important? Oh, sorry. Maybe Alice's approach to quote-unquote teaching is just like uh, he wants to see how much uh, how much they pick up themselves the first i don't know few weeks uh, until he actually teaches them techniques maybe that's kind of his way of thinking if you want to be uh, grateful to him uh, i mean i'm not sure how much he actually knows but, techniques yeah i mean he's he's a proper knight right like uh, he fought in the yeah, war and stuff so he's we can assume he's he actually knows something mm. about sword fighting. So, yeah, we were talking about uh, how much it shows in this chapter that uh, that John is really uh, far from being uh, grown up and is is a teenager, a boy, a baby, yeah. as we say. Yeah, and that in the in the context that we saw him before, where he was kind of you know low man on the totem pole. Whenever he gets here, it's uh, he still grew up in a castle. He still had a master at arms. He still was taken care of, and and uh, didn't have to, you know, face like any of the kind of stuff that um, somebody who's lowborn and down on their luck or like that kind of thing has to face. You know, he never had to like had to go and try and hunt in the Lord's woods against his will to try and survive. Um, so he is the one percent suddenly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. John is a, a professional middle class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the managerial class. Uh, let's just let's just wrap up this chapter with mm-hmm. uh, Tyrion and Jor Mormont like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyrion quickly says, "Oh, isn't it?" Uh... Like they, they both uh, stand in front of the wall and uh, kind of in awe of it. 
and uh, Tyrion says something like, uh, "Oh, when whenever uh, one man builds a wall, uh, another man immediately wants to know what's on the other side of it." Which is, uh, <laughs> clever. And yeah. Wow, clever, Tyrion, clever we Tyrion is wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he was like preparing that line. Uh, mm. Way before they arrived yeah. at the walls, so that he can bust it out. Yeah. Uh, yes. But then they yeah. go eat, and Alistair shows up with uh, a message that John is wanted to, wanted by the Lord Commander, uh, and he says he's got a letter. They're trying to figure out what what info there is. Finally, uh, Alistair relents and tells him it's like a letter, so about Bran. John runs to the Lord Commander's thing. He is this funny because he like he just bursts in and he starts shouting at the Lord Commander and he's not like observing any kind of uh uh you know politeness or whatever any uh Gior like hands him the letter, uh he reads it and then um you know, he finally like understands the words and realizes that Bran is alive and that he's gonna live and he uh, just runs around with a big smile on his face, like, and everybody is like, "Aw, happy baby!" <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, we meet, smile. And we meet uh, Mormon's Raven for the first time. It's oh, yeah, important. Corn, corn, screaming Raven. Yeah, yeah it's probably the, nothing. Uh, <laughs> the chapter ends with uh, John. Um, you know, he's in this really excited state and he off you know, he offers to help uh Gren uh with sword fighting, he apologizes about his hand and he says, like, you know, my brother Rob did the same thing to me, only it was just with a wooden sword and I hit you with a friggin' steel sword. A real a real sword. And <laughs> yeah, and then uh Alistair like quips about him taking his job. And uh, John shoots one back, and everybody laughs at Alistair, and Alistair gets very mad. Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he looked at him with the mean face of an enemy. It was the last <laughs> line, or something like that. I liked that this one. So, uh, <laughs> and then Robert so much like... playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna th- say this is like a like a young adult story almost, or like yeah. a, like the I don't know either the in 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 uh, in Shrieking Shack they talk about how the a lot of Harry Potter chapters have these kinds of cliffhangers where they you can feel how it's uh, cutting to uh, cutting to the end credits of the episode, yeah, like from a CW show or something yeah. like that. It's that kind of cliffhanger. But it's fun. I I yeah. really like the the whole arc John goes through mm. in this chapter. Like how in the beginning he's just fed up with everyone, and in the end he's offering uh, yeah. free. He's offering sword lessons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he learns quickly. <laughs> and then yeah, we meet like, like so many new characters, yeah. so many great new characters, and also get some development on others. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that has okay. been it for the spoiler-free part yeah. Yeah. of this. Do we want to do yeah. quick Uncle Ball roundup? We have uh, yeah, not much in it, right? Uh, Benjamin wins. Benjamin. Benjamin I voted year. for for Renly in this one just to be Joker. Mm, yeah, I mean, because it was very funny. 
he, is the yeah. thing how he was uh he was being the uh popcorn gif at the mm. trial <laughs> but he was yeah, that's make, so making fun of his so, nephew so bad uncle but uh, funny yeah but it's also bad nephew maybe that's yeah. what uh well since i didn't get to talk about that part yeah it's that's the thing is it's charming when it's against when he's making fun of joffrey but then you know as the books go on we realize that's kind of how renly looks at everybody <laughs> yeah and then it becomes a lot less charming he's not taking things very serious yeah even things that should be taken serious maybe he's an epic yeah. credit guy <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so from here right. out, uh, spoilers. So spoiler time. Be aware. You are entering the spoiler zone. So, uh, so right, first we so have uh, what's the first chapter? Brand's one. The first one was. Uh, first one was the, the ladies the, killing. Exactly. Oh. Don't know if there's know. much the, in that. The killing of lady by the coward Ned Stark. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wanted to point out a uh, friend of the show, Kadar, uh, I think, had the little uh, spot that um, Lady dying in Nymeria's place is uh, kind of similar to uh, Jane Poole being put into Arya's place mm. in, uh, later in the books. In terms of uh, other, other people suffering for, for Arya? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but other than that, Next we have Bran, right? Yeah, there might be a little bit of frustrating in this one, right? Oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I feel like I have to pull up the entire whole last chapter yeah. to like... Yeah, I was going through it and I, I have like every other line highlighted, I think. So. Nice. I mean, first of all, I want to say that we get a reference to, to Mr. Lewin's Playboy again in this one. <laughs> Which I like. <laughs> he remembers that first. Yeah. So, hmm, little clay boy, little clay boy. Yeah, and he baked him till he was hard and brittle. So, uh, mm. yeah, really not a good idea, Lewin. Like, well, if he just don't, dumped don't. Uh, like a like an unfired clay boy, it would have just smushed. It would have been kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just really so likes guys, to make clay boys. That's it. Yeah. Obviously, this raven here is uh, is Blood Raven, which yeah. you know mm. we can say now. Uh, how how much of it, like control do you think Blood Raven has over Brain's dream? Do you yeah. think that like he initiated it? Do you think that he is just coming into a bra- a dream that Brain's already having? Do you think he's sending him these individual visions or guiding Bran and seeing these different things or what? Mm. I think he is uh he's visiting people who have this uh this gift of, of uh green sight in their dreams and kind of uh does kind of a casting, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I have a there's later the the reference to the thousand other seers that are impaled on the on the ice spikes, I think, uh Bran sees. On the mm-hmm. ground. So m- my theory is that uh, that uh, Blood Raven is visiting uh, green seers or potential green seers, maybe often in in kind of near death experiences or something, and uh, yeah. kind of tries how 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 powerful they are, and a lot of them fail, maybe. And those are those that are staying pale down there, 
or it's a more yeah. more literal uh, uh, literal dead bodies. Uh, uh, I think in the in the cave of of Blood Raven, it's also described as a lot of of bones and skeletons, more bones, bones and skeletons lying around. Uh, yeah, and that maybe he's actually physically consuming them, maybe. What do you think? So, what I'm asking is like, is he finding the people and then making them have the dream, or does he have a bunch of TV screen, a big oh. TV screen wall that is all the people that are having mm. these specific dreams, and then he like jacks into it? I think he there's, is. I don't know. There's not a lot to go on, but I just wanted yeah. to like. Yeah, get I have your no impression. idea. Okay. I mean, it's it's the first time we get something like this with brain, so I I'd assume that he's he's taking them for for a test run of like the the absolute uh, power screen set of seeing the whole world uh, at once. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I just think it's cool. Uh, and it's like I'm that kind of thing where I don't... I'm not sure I want to think that much of the specific logistics mm. of it because it's yeah. just something that George had to make mm. happen somehow. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of busy right now. I'm on a call, so I gotta go. Sorry. Yeah, sure. Yeah, do we want to talk about, like, some of the things that get Mm. foreshadowed in the brand chapter? I mean, is Uh, that much active? I mean, we get the the three faces, right? Of uh, the three shadows, yeah. The three shadows, yeah. Um,. That yeah, are, so there's I mean, the one that is uh, like ash dark with the face of a hound. That's probably Sandor. Um, there's one armored in gold. Uh, that's either Jamie or Littlefinger or both. Um, and then or there's Loras, one, maybe. Um, eh, because I don't think so. We have uh, the next one, who's quite obviously the mountain. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think they're, like, in opposition to each other. I think these are, like, yeah. figures that are going to have mm. a big impact on... Hey, so you're not thinking yeah. that it's about Clay Game Ball? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess not. I mean, you, I, but, was thinking, uh, I was thinking of the uh, of the journey of the hand later, where, uh, yeah, yeah, where the mountain fight. and, and Loras are jousting, and then... Uh, the mountain attacks Loras, and uh, Sandor kind of jumps in, and that's why the the mountain is the shadow loom- looming over both of them. Uh, so you're like thinking that it could be that exact scene. That's interesting. Yeah, because otherwise, hmm. uh, I don't know how how Jamie would fit into this with uh, with the mountain and the hound, for example. Yeah. It's also said he looked. I mean, it said he looks at the trident, and there he sees these shadows looming. But uh, the mountain isn't at the trident right now. Well, he's he's or, or is he? he's, he's looking at, the, at uh, his sisters and Ned, uh, and then he sees the shadows looming over them. So uh, it's like these are okay. the figures that like are going to be affecting their storylines, mm, and you okay. know, Sandor obviously does a lot. The mountain, not so much, except with Arya. Um, and then Jamie, even less so. And that might be like early, early book plotting stuff before his stuff was changed. But Littlefinger, for sure, uh, 
yeah, definitely like has his uh his shadow casting over the the girls in Ned. Uh oh. you know, he he betrays Ned later in this book. He um you know, sends uh he takes Jane Poole and uh I don't want to talk oh. about that. Uh and then he also has Sansa like, you know, trying to yeah, I don't want to talk about that either. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of Andrew, impact. Uh, yeah. I think is the point. And we get foreshadowing I mean, the, for for the mountain becoming uh, a zombie, right? With uh, he oh, opened yeah. his, vi his visor and there is uh, thick black blood coming out of it. So mm -hmm. that's pretty obvious, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say out of these three, like the mountain seems to be the one that's like mm. most impactful, I guess, mm. on. Uh, on the future of yeah. of the Starks, or well, the most of the Dark yeah. Shadow, I guess. If Littlefinger is that, if it's supposed to be Littlefinger, I think he's had the most impact. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah I'm, um, not, I'm not quite convinced about the uh, golden armor, how that would stand for Littlefinger, because mm. the other two symbols are so clear. Oh, um, I thought you were the one who like linked this, but the thing was is that uh, Littlefinger. He's described as armored in gold because yeah. okay. because of the way he organizes, you know, he's he's made his position or like he's made himself irreplaceable through his ability to like be master of coin really good. Yeah, so here's the thing. I, d I did link to that uh, Reddit theory, but um, that's what I'm saying, that this symbol oh, okay. of armor, I'm not quite convinced by it. Okay. Mm. I th I I thought it was a good pull, um, because having Jamie there, the only the only way that he really affects the Stark girls or Ned, like he he attacks Ned in the streets, um, so that's an effect on Ned. But the only thing he does with the girls is like he's used as Cat sends him, you know, to trade for the girls, but then they don't give him back, give the girls back, but Jamie gets free. So that's kind of like more tenuous. Besides that, all there is is Jamie, you know, attacking Ned's Ned in the street, killing his men, and and then riding away. So uh, we also have dragons stirring under the sunrise in a shy. What <laughs> dragons? In this book? Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, good that's, shit. That's the only thing we get from Essos, right? He looks, he looks over to the free cities and beyond and all the way to a shy and he sees, uh, dragons staring there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a pretty big clue though, cause, um, and there's other clues that, uh, dragons are in a shy and, you know, uh, point is, is that I think that dragons, uh, started like you know were created in a shy a long long time ago mm. before before way before valyria and then uh that's like where they originated mm -hmm. but we can talk about that later <laughs> okay what else do we All have right. uh, uh we have Catelyn and i guess uh ned like we can talk about um knife for a bit Oh yeah, the knife. Oh yeah. Yeah, so Littlefinger, I think this is just him completely off the cuff uh coming up with this this idea. Maybe he'd like planned it earlier, but I don't think he saw Cat or 
you know, he didn't see this coming. Like, nobody knew about this because it was Joffrey's little wacko plan to try and impress his dad, uh, his very drunk dad. So, like, I think Littlefinger just came up with this on the spot and, um, you know, to sow more discord between the Starks and Lannisters. And, uh, you know, pretty pretty quick thinking on his part, but... uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's also, like, a very high-risk... Or like a high yeah. gambit, I guess, because it's. Uh, I guess he's trying to buy time, because mm. he knows that uh, Tyrion is not around. So if he uh, sets Cat on this tray to frame Tyrion, then it's. Um, I don't know. It's gonna sow some discord into them, and also it's gonna take a bit until they can verify it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I well, and Tyr- he- yeah. Tyrion's just uh, also maybe the the easiest to accuse of the Lannisters. For like, sure, uh, yeah. Accusing Jamie, they they might be even more defensive, especially uh, Tywin. Yeah, I mean he's still very definitely. Uh, yeah, oh that that evil little imp. Might be, but like he probably couldn't uh, have foreseen that point. it's gonna yeah. get to a no. trial at the Vale. Like no. that it's gonna. He didn't because because mm. that's the Vale thing is like also his doing. Mm. Yeah, well that's yeah. a. Um, George like puts his thumbs all over the damn scale here because uh Catelyn, they decide to ride back to Winterfell instead of just sailing on another boat again. Like why That's didn't weird. they just Yeah, they didn't they didn't take another boat. It would have taken them to White Harbor, which would have been you know, they have to give orders to Wyman anyway. Yeah. It would have been quicker. But instead mm-hmm. they they ride along the King's Road as just two people and then they make it to the from King's Landing to that inn is like it's a much shorter ride than from the wall to that inn. So mm-hmm. he also kind of alters. He does a little little finger uh, time travel machine um, to get them in the same spot at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, George really wanted the Starks to all be dead, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of kind of gymnastics that he has to do plot wise to make that happen, and mm-hmm. and for this like little finger blaming framing Tyrion for it mm-hmm. to even uh, matter. So yeah, it was a, it, a big big gamble on, on Littlefinger's part, and he was very lucky that anything came from it. Well, I don't yeah. I don't think it was that uh, high stakes for him. It was high. It's like you know, very low potential mm. for it to pay off in any way, mm. but it cost him nothing to say this. So, mm. I don't think it, um, there's no downside for him saying it, but in the, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna make them more distrustful of each other, etc. Mm. I mean, wrongly, wrongly accusing the Lannisters if that comes out, I think that's, that's quite the risk. Yeah. Well, I guess then, it's also like I mean, then, from a, then he either has to say, "Oh, the the Starks are lying about this. I didn't say it," and yeah, or he has to to admit to it and admit, come up with some wild explanation why he would accuse Tyrion. Well, he didn't even accuse yeah. Tyrion. He just said that that was Tyrion. Oh, Tyrion yeah. had this knife from me, so he has the same like yeah. possible deniability. Yeah, and then that... he made the "Do you get it?" face. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> He has the same plausible den- deniability mm. that Tyrion has if they ever catch Tyrion. So, mm. yeah. yeah, I don't think he's really like taking that bigger risk here. He's just mm. uh, pulling this out of his ass. 
It's just interesting, yeah. I guess, how this is like from a meta standpoint. Uh, George had to find like a way to kick the plot and in, mm. into shape, uh, which is basically, you know, basically starts with, uh, or like the, the overarching plot, uh, spiraling out of this accusation. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that it's coming from something that seems to be very much, uh, out of out of just this just this part of a moment accusation of uh from from Littlefinger's part. Yeah. Well don't forget that Littlefinger started even before that everything off by uh having John Aaron killed. Mm. So and then making Lysa send that letter. Yeah. So Littlefinger um, sucks. He started the war of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I, I only like to ignoring uh, what what uh, I knew uh, about him of the future. Yeah. He was he was enjoyable yeah. in these two chapters, kind of. He's kind of enjoyable, yeah. but also I'm not sure how much he makes sense to me as a character. But we can get mm. into that yeah. later because uh, mm-hmm. we've been going for almost two hours again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, damn. I was I was about to say that. Okay, so uh, anything else on? Interesting for Zhang. I, I guess uh, he sees John uh, like going pale and and all warmth fled from him as foreshadowing of uh, John eventually dying at the wall. <laughs> of John getting a huge boner when he dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all his warmth uh, flees to his boner. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and Bran looks past the wall and sees presumably the others coming or some Big danger. He sees something. Uh, something that scares him, and yeah. Yeah. Now he knows That's some creepy that winter shit. is coming. He looks, yeah, he looks into the heart of winter, which is like, I think that's like the only spot we really get that phrase. Um, mm. And that's kind of like, you know, we don't know what it is, if it's some mm. kind of malicious... Uh, entity or or what or if it's just like yeah who knows but um it's he also scary. looks yeah he also uh looks at the weirwood in winterfell and the weirwood looks back at him knowingly so mm-hmm. we get the the seeding that the the weirwoods are kind of portals to green seeing or whatever you want to call it or, uh, we also um yeah, we also get Lewin looking out at the at the, you know, with the lens, the telescope, mm-hmm. and he's looking at those stars. But um, something that Ned or Bran, uh, there's a bunch of like things going on with the name Bran. In Welsh, it means raven, but it's also I think like some other old Germanic language that um, the word for torch is uh, brandier. Uh, mm-hmm. So like. Bran is, is, and there's a bunch of other things that liken Bran to like burning wood, like the basket that he gets carried around in later mm. is a basket that was originally for firewood. Mm. So Bran is, you know, he's going to go into the burning tree later. He's essentially like, you know, a burning torch. And right now he's flying high above the world and looking down. This is basically like him as the, as the Lightbringer comet. Okay. And uh, flying around, and the other thing that uh, likens him to that is whenever he's climbing up the broken tower, he climbs up to like the old keep um, to where 
an eclipse is happening in the form of Jamie and uh, and Cersei having sex. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I guess we covered Brand's chapter pretty much. Or do we have yeah. anything else? Do we have? I guess well, we covered most of it. Huh? Quick, like um, programming aside, do we yeah. have time for me to like? I'd probably need like. 15 minutes or half an hour. Um, I could probably, like, if you guys need to go, I could probably just record it on my own and send it to you. And if you, like, edit the chat, the episode down enough, if there's room for it. Okay, what if we do, like, we end this here and then we do, like, an extra episode or something? Mm, maybe, uh, yeah. Another day of the week where you just talk about that. And then maybe that's just, like, 30 minutes of you explaining that. Mm. That works, yeah. I think. I think yeah. Okay, okay, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we've had, you know, more responses or listeners for the first one than I was expecting. So that's very nice that people were bearing with us. Um, look forward to another one of these uh, this week then. Uh, yeah. so if you want, you have, can check out uh, my other podcast. It's called hmm. The Age of Pods, spelled with a Z. Uh, we talk about Sufjan Stevens, so if that's something you all are into, then check that out. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Um, if you want to guest on this show, let us know, and then we can work something out. Uh, I think we've had some people who already said that they'll be interested in that, so we're going to have to start scheduling that. You can, starting... you can contact us on uh, Twitter at uh, ASOBOPcast. Or asopopcast uh, at gmail.com. So that's uh, that's our contact info. Where you can reach us easiest, uh, or of course in the in the Picot Discord. Uh, whatever mm-hmm. whatever's easier for you. Otherwise, yeah, I think that's an episode. We still need to come up with a sign off. Um, Tyrion is actually a Targaryen. You'll find out about that later. <laughs> I'm Mr. Late Boy. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Little finger will cut the nut king.